Hey, welcome everybody to the Daily War Podcast. My name is Brian Whalen, as usual, alongside Bill Brundage. Bill, how are you? Doing great today, Brian. Kelly Robinson, the man. Good afternoon. It was, how uh, are you, gentlemen? Good. We always spend, uh, you know, we always spend a few minutes kind of catching up before we go live. And we often say we should just record this. So maybe one of these podcasts, we'll just record our quirky, crazy idea. Do you know what? I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. I think rather than just, just hit the recorder and start talking. Yeah. I think we'll do that one time. Ne- next time, I want to do uh, Kelly your idea the core four target setting. We got we got our second quarter coming up next week. Good. And so let's figure out uh, come and, and we'll record how we create targets for our body being balanced in business. And um, well, and I think you guys need to help me with that because mine's gone to ratchet this quarter. Yeah. Um. You know, I injured my shoulder. That's kind of, and. I don't know, maybe I'm making excuses. I got busy with work and other things and I just feel like I've kind of completely fallen off um, off the path, so to speak. So actually working through the challenges with you guys will be really useful, really well, good. And one of those topics that we discussed before we started recording was um, how we're all in kind of different seasons and different seasons require different amounts of energy in, in one of the core four areas and it's... Kelly, you you mentioned you know you're in the business the business season the fitness season as as I'm in that as well, and when you find yourself in these seasons, it's you know it's it's really easy to lose focus or to have to lose the bandwidth to be able to do everything else your 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 being and your balance at the same level because again these seasons I I know personally right now business and body are these are incredibly busy times and require so much energy and focus that um, you know, it's really easy for any, any one of the four areas to go to rat shit real quick, really quick. So, you know, I, I, I feel your pain on that one. When we were talking at the beginning of Q1, you had Kelly, you had the half marathon. Um, I did. As, as your body, February 3rd, Huntington Beach, that was your... Yep. Half marathon, but you were out of town. Something, something took you out that of town. That was the funeral. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, um, obviously, we talked about that in a couple of episodes previously. Yeah. But that mm. was the funeral, so I wasn't there. I did all the training for it. I, I thought I was on track to do it, and then the the plan was just to go out and run a half marathon mm. anyway. But in my usual lack of motivated <laughs> way, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a massive fan of running, which is why I chose mm. it. I love going out on my bike. I love playing sport, but actually, just going out and running with or without a set of headphones kind of has to be a goal for me and the minute the goal was removed the the, the desire to <laughs> get out and go plodding around the streets <laughs> yeah uh just waned now granted i was watching the la marathon yesterday mm-hmm. so today's monday i was watching the la galaxy uh, la galaxy i was watching the la marathon yesterday and i kind of got partially motivated to kind of go oh, maybe it's time for another marathon so yeah I, physically i don't want to do a marathon I, i'd probably do a half i've done i did the disneyland half before that was kind of fun you go around angel stadium and the, through the disneyland park but man i don't just physically i don't know if i want to do a marathon they're not fun yeah <laughs> they're not fun i've done a few in my day they're not fun i like the triathlon one. thing i've done triathlons and that i think i want to do an olympic and just kind of go through that for a little bit but Anyway, Bill, you had, uh, I still have yours. You had 100 push-ups a day. Mm-hmm. You had the Tough Mudder was your body. Mm-hmm. Your being was a social media post a day and read a book a month. Mm-hmm. Your balance was, was to finalize your divorce. Mm-hmm. 
in your business was uh, to increase your disposable income additional above and beyond by 15K? So I'm on track. I have, I'm through two and a half books. Um, the the 100 push-ups a day has modif- has morphed and added. I've added, I'm doing two workouts, three days a week, burning quite a few calories those days. And um, so that, that has really just compounded into something much bigger than just doing 100 push-ups a day. And I still need to sign up for the Tough Mudder. So um, the divorce, I have provided all information necessary for it to be final. I'm just waiting on the other side to present their information so we can come to a settlement and be done. But all of I have done literally everything in my power to get it to the point where it just needs to be settled and final. Um, and the 15K is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely there. And I'm, I've, so I've never taken a business course in my entire life. And I'm learning the difference between, um, I'm learning the importance of cash flow because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it's, you know, every two weeks or whatever it is, you get a paycheck. But now, when you're doing the work yourself and you're invoicing, there's a there's a gap between when you're getting that when you're sending the invoice out and you're like, great, I've got five thousand dollars versus when that money actually comes into your account and that overlap can kind of be taxing. So, you know, I was on track to have a almost a twenty thousand dollar month, and that is not the case now because I've got I want to say I think I've got eight or nine thousand out in invoices right now that would have made a $20,000 month, but now it's carrying over into the next month. So it's... Oh, I hear you, brother. <laughs> I mean, it's akin to, you know those people that spin the plates? Yeah. It's just plate spinning. Holy moly. I, I am constantly spinning this plate. That one starts the wobble. I spin that one. Um, I mean, just it, it, it's a val- it, it's been an incredible lesson for me just in, in managing your finances and, again, cash flow versus what you actually have and invoicing versus you know your bank account it's amazing it's been a it's been a pretty interesting experience so far but yes i am on track there good my uh my outcomes body was to complete another try or the tough mutter and i actually have a conflict that tough mutter is this weekend up in la mm-hmm. what's uh, this I yeah it was april first weekend in april fifth first week in april it's next weekend this, well maybe it is next weekend fifth yeah. to six so it's because i know because i'm gonna miss it because i'm abroad right. yeah not this weekend and uh, next weekend uh, but I have a conflict too, so I might do something uh, just on my own and, and send that out to you guys. Uh, the being was um, the decision Nina and I were going to make about uh, adding biologically mm-hmm. to our family, um, which we have made that decision. And I'll keep that between Nina and I for obvious reasons. Um, balance was a date night with uh, a weekly date night with Nina and then monthly date nights with each of my three kids and then a weekend uh away with Nina and I've accomplished all those this first quarter, which is great. And then in business, you know, we were going through this acquisition and out of that, my targets were a a, a VP title, Mm -hmm. um, potential remuneration from the sale of Klinka and then earn 15 K above my normal comp as well. And I did not get the VP title or the remuneration, but I did get um, a 15 K over normal comp as Mm -hmm. part of that, that transaction. So that was good. So that's what we do. Uh, every quarter as we kind of get together we identify uh, some target uh, that is challenging that's going to push us a little bit put put us out of our comfort zone a little bit and yet build towards who we want to be as individuals and so next podcast we'll get together and we'll do that live we'll we'll find targets for our our q2 goals 
for Body Being Balanced in Business, and, and you'll get to hear that live. So I th- I, I'd like to propose, it's just an idea, but I think it would be interesting because we all failed, to my knowledge, I, I, maybe I misheard what you said, but I think we all failed to hit our fitness goal, right? So Tough mm-hmm. Muddler, Tough Muddler, Half Marathon. I mean, yep. things happen, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and the previous quarter, we did the blackout. So the end goal, when we had individual goals, I know you did your triathlon. Um, I can't remember what we did, but we both right. we did it because it was our first quarter that we tried it. Yep. I, I'm going to suggest what perhaps we try to come up with a target for the three of us to do collectively. That'd be so great. The Tough Muddler was great because it was going to be a, a... But we talked about it, we didn't commit to it. And, yep. and there's, a, there's a good... Th- th- there's an interesting point to discuss there, right? How yeah. many times have you talked about something... And they should have, could have, would have, but didn't actually commit to it. And I think with this time around, we should pick something that we're going to do. We should commit to it. Um, and then, you know, if one of us can't do it for whatever, you know, unforeseen reason, the two of us will carry the torch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, how, how many times do we commit to things that we don't actually do? I mean, we've talked about that right here, but how does that translate in our businesses, you know, in our personal lives? And how much lack of integrity, lack of trust, lack of whatever results from not following through what we simply say we're going to do. I mean, yep. that's a huge, a huge component to, um, to finding confidence, to finding power, to finding motivation is just doing what we say we're going to do. And the fact that we're here together in this room is the whole accountability piece that, that helps propel us individually, right? So I know Bill and Kelly are going to keep me accountable to doing this. By doing this podcast, we're adding a layer of accountability. Mm-hmm. Now we're putting it out there yeah. in the public mainstream that, that, hey, let's do what we say we're going to do. It's not just in our head, but now we're actually putting it out in the universe, and therefore it adds uh, adds to the, the level of, of legitimacy, of mm-hmm. seriousness, of all that. So it's a great idea. And I think we should invite anybody that's actually listening to this podcast to, um, you know, if you've got ideas on group challenges or things that we could potentially attempt to do together, um, it'd be really good fun if our entire challenges was the audience saying, okay, guys, we're going to challenge you three to do this next quarter. And we put ourselves out there to do it. We take p- pictures of it and, you know, we go out and we, uh, we win the day. Love it. Yeah. Mom, whatever you want to do, just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably the only one listening. <laughs> Don't on worry. My, my mom's listening on too. On my side. <laughs> and Mrs. Brundage. Um, <laughs> Cool. Last week we talked about uh, meditation, mindfulness. Kelly, you brought that you brought that subject up, and I thought that was a great a great subject. A couple of things that I actually pulled from that that I wanted to share this week, kind of in keeping with that, was just some benefits, uh, science based evidence benefits of meditation. And there's a great article on Healthline. Um, I'll post this, uh, but 12 science-based benefits of meditation. And I'll just go through. We can, we can kind of kick these around a little bit. But number one is reduced stress, right? So, you know, there's been studies that show that, you know, simple meditation can, can promote a better sleep, um, promotes uh, less depre- depression, less anxiety, decreased blood pressure, all from meditation. Uh, number two, control anxiety. So there's been, you know, and there's there's references in this of, again, numerous studies, but there was an eight-week study of mindfulness meditation that helped patients or participants reduce their anxiety, reduces anxiety disorders such as phobias, anxieties, paranoid thoughts, and uh, et cetera, promotes emotional health. And that's been a big one for me where, 
you know, especially in my parenting, I would always, I would always have a short fuse with my kids, particularly when I had that, when I had that stress or that anxiety or all those things that I would bring home from work. If I didn't meditate that day, Michelle talked about this uh, when she was on about how she could tell with you, Bill, when you spent that time in meditation. And I think my kids and my wife see the same thing. So when I do that 10 minutes a day for me, then I have more uh, in the tank uh, emotionally to be able to handle the typical kids being kids type stuff. Um, what else was in here? Enhanced self-awareness. That's big for me. Half the time, I don't know what I'm doing and wh how I'm impacting others. So enhanced self-awareness through meditation. Uh, length lengthens your attention span. And this one's another key benefit for me. Even when I'm, at, sometimes I'll be at work trying to do my memoir. And this, this smartphone, this whatever you want to call this viral detraction in my <laughs> mind, there'll be times I just, after just a couple minutes of writing, and I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with my writing. I'll grab this. I'll, I'll check something. I mean, I have to literally put it on the other side of the room. It is such a distraction. And I find that I have, there are, at times I have such a limited attention span. I just can't stay focused on things. And what meditation has done for me, this Headspace app, is it routinely reminds you throughout the session, if your mind wanders, just gently bring mm -hmm. it back, you know, to whatever the, whatever the focus is, whether it's breathe, breathing or, um, you know, counting down or whatever the particular exercise is in the guided meditation, it routinely gently reminds me to just bring my attention back to what, what the focus is. And that's been huge for me. Yeah. And, and just to piggyback that I've noticed that when I find myself in those spots, I want to understand where I'm at mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically at that time, what is going through my head that I need to stop what I'm doing to go to this, to the sedation of the phone or whatever, yeah, whatever you want to call it. And most of the time it's because I get to a point of uh, being uncomfortable with my own thoughts. And it's sometimes it's related to oftentimes when it comes to business, it's, it's when I get to an unknown, when I get to, well, I've never done that. Or, you know, the, some of the stories that we tell ourselves, or I don't know how to do that. And then it's like, okay, I don't know how to do that, but I know how to unlock my phone and then, you know, check the scores of March Madness or whatever the hell it is, or see what's going on on LinkedIn or whatever it might be. But it's, it's that unknown, um, uncomfortability in my own thoughts. When I know I go, I go to that thing. When I, when I open up my phone and look at it. Yeah. For me, and that's a good point. There's either, there's either things popping up in your subconscious mm -hmm. or conscious that, um, are just a distraction. Oh, I need to send an email or, mm -hmm. you know, I, I need to turn on the pot of coffee versus things that pop up like I have an appointment in five minutes that I missed or I was supposed to pick up my kids from school you know there's things like that that pop up so it's good to even be aware of what's coming up and whether or not you can categorize it as something that I can you know, write down to do later or shit I forgot I was supposed to do something important <laughs> which I've been on the other side of way too many times um, a few others speaking of which may reduce to age related memory loss all right that for for there's a good enough reason there to start immediately. As the oldest one in the group, I'm all in. Dude, a quick story. So it's a Monday morning. I'm heading to work. It was, you know, a long weekend, kids, baseball, whatever, family stuff. And I literally, there's times when I just can't wait to get back to kind of some of the normalcy of a work week, right? And so I'm, uh, <laughs> I got uh, Barry White coming in here. And the, so, um, 
I get up early, my typical, you know, 4.30 a.m., get up, workout stuff, go to the office. I, as soon as I get to the office and put my keys on, I look at my phone, and I was supposed to take the kids to school that morning because Nina had a dentist appointment in Encinitas. She goes to this holistic dentist, great dentist, and so she had to leave, leave early. And as soon as I get to the office, I see that I'm supposed to take the kids. So I, it was basically, so <clears throat> meditation helps me reduce age-related memory loss it didn't on that monday but it, it saved me some other times can, can you finish that story and how i ended up, up i ended up so nina grabs the kids after a, 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 a very colorful text, text, <laughs> text email she's like we've all experienced those text uh, emails by the way everybody listening kind of going yep yep we know exactly color. what that's like so much depth of of detail in that email she throws the kids in the car, head down to Encinitas, and I am driving now from Anaheim down to Encinitas just to pick up the kids to take them to school late. So as a result of my forgetfulness, the kids were late to school. Nina was late to her appointment, and I was more late than I would have been had I remembered. I mean, it was a, a shit show for sure. But um, lesson learned, I need to meditate so I can remember what I'm supposed to do, especially take the kids. Um, number seven can generate kindness, right? Meditation. If you're able to meditate regularly, uh, reduces stress, increases feelings. There's, there's a specific type of meditation. I've never done this, but called meta meta is a type of meditation also known as loving kindness. Meditation, uh, begins with developing kind thoughts and feelings towards yourselves. And there's been, uh, here's a particular 22 studies from this form of meditation have demonstrated its ability to increase people's compassion toward themselves and others. So if you uh, are typically a prick, this might help you. If you can meditate a little bit, maybe you'll be less of an ass. <coughs> uh, prick to yourself. Yeah, exactly. I think they should make that compulsory for all <laughs> soccer referees. Yeah. <laughs> Soccer fans. How about so? <laughs> the soccer fans? Not at all. No, absolutely never, not. We the, are. The we soccer are, fans are never wrong. We are they're never wrong. We're, they're sports fans in general. We are a very rational bunch. That we we take the pragmatic view for both sides, and and that's all sports fans. But referees always wrong. I can never. I've never seen a referee chase a fan, but I've certainly seen lots of times fans chasing referees, uh, including myself at my kids' baseball game this last Saturday. But we'll let that one go. Well, you did what, dude? We had this baseball game with us. And it's, a, it's eight-year-olds. Yeah, right? I love these it's stories. It's eight-year-olds Yeah, me too. And we're, it's highly competitive, obviously. Well, technically, you're not <laughs> supposed to keep score. Technically, right? But every person in that building with eyes or that field with eyes that's watching this is keeping score. And we had a tight ball game. And this we were last at bats. And this dude, first first the ump cut our, normally we play six innings. He's like, hey, it's a time thing. You, this is going to be last at bats. We're in the bottom of the fifth. And we had a slow start, but we're coming back big time. We're down by we're down by like one run, and it's certainly if we had that sixth inning, we would have won. But anyway, it's bottom of the fifth. We get two quick outs, but then we get a rally. We got bases loaded, and then this we had a grounder to first base. The kid was totally safe, and the up calls him out. And I'm the pitching. I'm doing the pitching machine, you know. And I'm looking at this guy like, is anybody else seeing this? I mean, the kid was totally safe, and the umpire just bolts to his car and takes off. I'm like, he must have had somewhere to be. <laughs> Something was going on. But anyway. But I meditated. He, 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 want, he wanted that game to be finished. He did for sure, man. He had did, I, did I ever share you my baseball experiences when I first moved to the U.S.? No. So it, it, for the first time in the world, as a parent watching sport, when you've never grown up with sport, because it's not obviously prevalent in England, and never played it, 
you can just sit and enjoy it. And it was so funny to watch how passionate the parents who are not supposed to be getting involved, and I'm doing air quotes right now, um, were so into the game and just the en- the the energy to win was so much more than I ever expected. And I just sat there and I was enjoying it. And I'm like, go on, son, bowl a googly. <laughs> and they're like, fuck's a googly. <laughs> Oh, it's not cricket, is it? That's a wicked Google. I'm like, I'm like, don't run, don't run. And they're like, but he's hit the ball. I was like, yeah, but he's not going to make a six. So what's the point of running? You know, he's got to run. Really? It's got to run? Why is that? That's hilarious. I would have loved to have played that sport as a kid. It has got to be a thousand times more interesting than cricket. So... I've tried, I've watched a few crickets and I've got uh, an Indian father-in-law. So I, I, you know, want to learn the culture a little bit and cricket's big in India. And, it's huge. And so I can't get my head around it. I know there's short games and there's games that could last weeks, right? Yeah. I mean. So the closest to um, baseball is the 2020 matches. Um, the test message over, te- test, test matches over five days, forget it. I mean, they're really just about drinking. Yeah. Um, I get behind that. But when they say, you know, stop for tea, they are literally stopping for dinner yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the game, you know, because they've been playing all day. So, I, anyway. I, I love the topic of, of parents and, and youth sports. As a former athlete and, and as, a, as a coach of my kids, and I even coached in high school and travel baseball and that whole circuit, it is amazing how insane parents can get. It is absolutely amazing. And it's only getting worse, too. You know, I remember when I was playing – my dad, if if the coach if the coach came at me and said you did X Y and Z wrong, and I had a very colorful high school coach, my dad or mom would sit me down and say, um, "What did you do to make him do that? Why why don't you just do your job the right way?" And now, if you have that same exchange between a, a coach and a parent, the parent will then go to the coach and say, "Why would you say that to my son?" Or you, if depending on the the level get a school administrator involved and I'm just I, I'm I see this happening at such a young age even with my kids in my son was playing four-year-old soccer last year and how insane some of these parents get is just amazing yeah. to me amazing and then you mentioned the drinking um it's it's this amazing pressure that the parents put on the kids and then meanwhile the parents are getting hammered in the stands hammered i've had the chance to be on the field or in the stands and parent is just this amazing amazing culture of of these incredibly high expectations of your kid while you're performing or while you're doing you're getting hammered at a youth baseball game i just it it blows me away it just blows me away to see yeah there's a lot of entitlement dysfunction i mean all sorts of things with that you know and i i mean i coach soccer all my life and i could bore you to death with some of the stories and the experiences I've had. So, I mean, it's just, it is way over the top, way over the top. What does that come back to? Is it, is it the parents reliving their own or, yes. or, or the parents projecting their own insecurity or their own, like the void, trying to fill the void that they have inside them living vicariously through their kids while they sedate, you know, on the other end. I don't know. I think there's some of that. I think there's also parents who want the best for their kids and they think, I mean, obviously biased, but they think their kids the best or whatever. And so, you know, I've been, I've been coaching my boys, you know, through youth sports for the last four years, uh, five years, soccer, baseball, basketball. And I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't think it's just me. I mean, I've heard stories like that. I haven't experienced them personally in my, in my coaching of my boys. I try to be fair. Like even, even now we're in, 
you know, with my oldest son, he's playing, you know, eight, nine year old baseball. And honestly, my assistant coaches are like, Hey, let's set the lineup in such a way. One of, one of my coaches <laughs> wanted to do, he, we did a, we did a, a conference call to kind of talk about the structure, <laughs> which I'm like, Hey, he's, he's into it. That's great. So we did that, you know, and we, we talked about what we want to do, but it's still, every kid should play every position. Mm-hmm. We don't technically keep score except for, you know, no more than five runs per, per inning, that kind of thing. But you can see where it comes from. I mean, these, and I'm, I'm as competitive as the next guy, man. Yeah. I, I want to, you know, when everything I, I do, but there has to be a balance where it's, there is the fun of the game, the love. Of it. And that's the one thing I've got a buddy who, who, um, uh, James Lowe, he, he, he's, uh, he's a baseball coach, a youth baseball coach as a, as a vocation. He's got a coach ball game is his name. He's on Instagram. He's on social media. He's a great guy. He helped me out with some, some coaching drills for, for my sons. Um, he's like the biggest thing in youth sports now is, is taking out the fun of the game. That it's too competitive, that it's too, we have to win at all costs. And that kids don't want to play baseball anymore because it's just flat out not fun. And that's one thing I've tried to bring in is to make sure these kids are having fun. So we have cheers. We do baseball cards after each game. We've got an attaboy winner. We do the eye black salute where the kids hold their fingers below their eyes like eye black and you know things that try to make it fun and thankfully we haven't had any crazy parents to deal with i've, I've got a question about that and kelly chime in tell me what you think too do you think that not keeping score is more debilitating than it is beneficial it is because deb- every like i said every kid every parent i mean we're, we're doing it on our on our pieces of paper it's it is but but is it, it, I, I, it just drives me absolutely insane because kids aren't immune or blind to the fact that they're either winning, losing, playing well, or mm-hmm. they suck today. But we try to mask it and numb it by, oh, we're not keeping score. Well, I, that's, it's, I see that as a huge problem because in winning or losing, there are amazing lessons to be learned. How do you win with grace, lose with dignity, you know, all of that stuff. And we're trying to... to peel that back so no wonder it's not fun yeah to a certain extent you know and because we're trying to protect them yeah unfortunately from the from the point of view of the people that run these um these organizations you've had such pressure from parents that they've i i think there's a part of that kid the kids do know whether they're winning or losing Mm -hmm. and and you know and nobody wants to get hammered and you've got to learn to win gracefully and there's always going to be extremes of that right but the reality is in life is there are winners and losers and some people are really good at things and 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 it it is part of growing up The, the the problem that i've experienced is the parents have put so much pressure on the organizations because for whatever reason their son was particularly good and they wanted him to be recognized or their son wasn't so good and they didn't want him to be um in the spotlight that that they've kind of tried to numb the game and i'm all for score the game but just don't record it don't carry it forward you know the kids know if they've won or lost there's nothing wrong with winning or losing and then you know maybe you kind of that it's probably different in soccer because there's never you know, it, 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 the scores are not going to be so wildly different as it is in baseball or in my experience. But um, I think that's the reason why that's come about. So you guys both manage, I mean, you've managed how many, when you were, when you owned your own company, how many employees did you have when, at the height of your? Uh, probably 300. And how many people have you managed at a time? 12, probably at the most. Have you guys seen any backlash or, or mm-hmm. this, this mentality in your line of work and what you guys have done, the people that you oversee where, you know, they always say that people that, 
kids like this that, you know, are, are crappy kids that, you know, are indignant or disrespectful or what entitled that they'll be entitled employees and they're uncoachable and they're all, have you guys experienced that with like in your business ventures and how that might be impacted by the decisions that we're making at such a young age via, I mean, youth sports is a crude example, but have you guys seen any, anything that might be related? No, I mean, that's, I haven't really thought about it actually. I mean, I know, I, I guess for me, what I look at in terms of how some of my character defect defects as an adult in terms of sarcasm, uh, you know, can be short of temper. Um, you know, I don't like losing. I don't like, I don't like criticism. I look at my son, right. Who's a lot like me and I can see some of those pieces in my son. And even in youth sports, there were things like he's, he's honestly much more well-adjusted in, in his eight year, eight years of life than I was in my eight years of life, at least from what I can remember. I mean, I remember playing little league baseball and I would cry if I didn't, if I didn't get a hit, if I struck out, I'd cry all the time. Um, <clears throat> there's all sorts of stuff that we'll say for another podcast that I did <laughs> in baseball as a kid. That was not a good decision. But anyway, but I, I don't see those in my, I see, I see some hints of it, but generally he's much more well-adjusted. And I attribute that more to him and his character and personality than my own. But I'm trying to instill in him, hey, you know, you win or lose, you try your best. You're not going to win every game, but you give 100, 110%, all that kind of stuff. But you know, I'm sure some of those, some of those, you know, character defects are going to mature and, and the same kids that I see now that are, um, that either talk back or don't work hard or, or don't want to do, you know, whatever it is, I can extrapolate and see what that's going to look like for that individual when they hit, you know, the workforce, how that, that could translate. But, but hasn't that always been the case though? I mean, even when I was, you know, when I was younger, there were, I, I played soccer with people like yourself that, just if they lost that weekend it would ruin their monday it yeah. could ruin the next few days and they would you know if you made a mistake in the game that potentially cost you to lose they just wouldn't want to talk to you for a week and went on to be a partner with one in a business and he was absolutely like that like i remember on the soccer field being chastised by him because i'd been hitting the uh hitting the face with the ball that had nearly cleanly knocked my head off and, uh, you know, I'm lying on the ground seeing stars and he's complaining that I sent the ball in the wrong direction. I had no idea where I was at that point in time. So there is a, I think there's always been those group of people. Um, and I don't think that's terribly wrong. I, have I seen that manifest itself in the workplace? No, I mean, there's people that don't like to lose. There's people that, you know, will answer you back and want to argue the point. Um, I think if you're clear with them on the role that they've been hired to do and what's expected of them, then you know you've always got the fullback position. Certainly, I've always had the fullback position of look, this is what we hired you to do. This is what we need you to perform. And if you don't like it, there's the door. You can vote with your feet. Um, I love that. Vote with your feet. Yeah, that's my favourite phrase because <laughs> the, the reality is, is that look, I, you don't have to work here. You mm. have plenty of choices. We'd love you to be here, but this is the bit that we would lead you to do. And 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 if you can't do that, then or sorry, if you're unwilling to do that, then mm. you know go ahead and vote with your feet. But I think there's always been people that, you know, that want to lose. I, I was always able to take defeat much more gracefully than most. <laughs> um, I don't like losing any more than anyone else, mm. but it but it wouldn't affect me for the rest of the week. I could let it go. I'm actually more upset if my sports team lose than rather than participate, funnily yeah. enough. Yeah. There's things like even last, this past weekend, you know, we're in the middle of March Madness. And so... I'd never have guessed. 
<laughs> Never even noticed it. I am introducing the gift of March Madness to my son, right? So my eight-year-old, we're sitting and watching the Duke uh, University of Central Florida basketball game. So I don't know if you guys caught this game, but it was... Was that the one, was that the one that they with the uh, tip at the end? Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just okay. rimmed, yeah, rimmed out. This yeah. was... And, and so my thought, Kelly, you're talking about win or lose, and like I'm... If that, if I, I was thinking about that, Aubrey Dawkins was the number fifteen. He missed, he missed an alley oop. I don't know if you mm-hmm. did. You watch the game, Bill? I just saw the highlights. So he missed this alley oop, like within less than two minutes left. That would obviously those are critical two points. And then at the very end, he he had a chance to do this tip in that he just pushed a little too hard, rimmed out, and went out. And all I kept thinking about was that guy. I mean, if it was me, would would just be beating himself up. For me, I don't know. It would, it would just that would just be a thorn in my side. I mean, indefinitely, I would be, I would be so pissed, and that would be something like I would, I would beat myself up. Why did you do that? Why couldn't you? You know, I mean, and I, that, that, that was my thought that this poor guy is going to be mentally broken now because he missed that tip in and didn't have a chance to be Duke in this tournament. So, so you would use that almost. That would hold you back from growing. It, it would be, it would be, I would, there were, there were so many gifts. Like that kid played out of his mind, right? Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. the reason they were there is because he had a phenomenal game. And if he didn't have that phenomenal game, they would have, it would have been a blowout as, as was expected. But because he did have a phenomenal game, he was, they were right there and they almost beat Duke, who's probably the, the number one team in that tournament, but, but they didn't. And so, yeah, so that for me would be not on all the good stuff that I did do, but the one mistake that I did make and, I mean, there's things in my head right now, over the last ten years, that I can I can I can rattle off mistakes. I mean, I can think of one ten years ago, had to do with changing a tire that still cost me like a thousand bucks because of the stupid. I didn't put the parking brake on this tire when I was changing the tire, and the, and the thing went down, dented the rim. I mean, it was a whole deal. But I'll, I just sometimes I just can't let those things go. So, uh, can I just mention for future reference? That's what AAA is for. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would you change your own tire? Because I'm capable. Well, and, and I what I would say is, what have you? I mean, you're you you can go back ten years to a negative, or a, what was a negative situation, and you're still dwelling on that. What did you? What What is a positive takeaway? What are two positive takeaways you can take away from that? Because I can yeah. I can also think of, if I really think about it, I can go back and think of. The mis- the mistakes I've made in the last five years, but what what I what I've trained my brain to do, and especially through this, through this, through the inner the our relationship, through the next ninety, through the blackout, is look at the growth and expansion that I've had because of that. Yeah, that that moment sucked, but I can name five positive things that came from one mistake. Yeah, five years ago, where you're still carrying that. Yeah. Well, that's a shift. I mean, you're right. That's a shift that I've been even even through next ninety through yeah. meditation. You know, meditation helps helps to strengthen your your mind as a muscle. And by doing the meditations I'm doing, I'm learning to separate those thoughts from who I am as an individual. And so, I've definitely tried to take away the gift of a mistake. And I tell this to my boys. Listen, you know, our, our schooling system today punishes you for making a mistake. Well, yes. that shouldn't be the way it is. Exactly. You should be encouraged to try yep. to be creative to fail forward, right? And yep. so I've tried to teach that to my boys. So what I've taken away from that is one, I've, I've learned that you have to put the parking brake on every time you change a tire. <laughs> and two, that I have the capability of doing that. And I could three, I can teach my sons how to change a tire if they need to and, and the proper steps to go through. So there's definitely 
things to learn and four to get triple a <laughs> <laughs> buy your children a triple a movie look boys look what i've got you for your 16th yeah, birthday Here's <laughs> your triple a membership you thou shalt never change a tire ever again um but we were we were on um meditation so there were some really good points that you made there yeah. and i mean generally it seems as though it's 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 reaching into the mainstream much more now than it's ever done yeah. before in the past I think if you'd have talked about meditation in a corporate workplace 10 years ago, people have looked at you and gone, really? Mm-hmm. You know, go to a yoga retreat or something. That would have been the reality. But now everybody's considering it and yeah. there are massive benefits. And, you know, you've brought them to life. We talked about it a little bit more last week. Um, definitely something that everybody should at least give some try to. Yeah. And, and with these apps like Headspace, I mean, I, I've been a bit hit and miss with it as we talked about last week. Just because I, I, for some reason, I keep making excuses on the 10 minutes and I'm on that point in the Headspace app where it's currently 10 minutes. But it sent me a message this morning saying, hey, Kelly, we miss you. When you hope you come back and see us yeah. soon. So even the app's encouraging me yeah. to get back and do my three minutes. So. Yeah. The two the two things I'll, I'll finish on with this because I want to get through it. There's a, there's, like I said, there were 12 science-based benefits. But the last two I want to mention is one may help fight addictions. You know, it says... The mental discipline you can develop through meditation may help you break dependencies by increasing your self-control and awareness of triggers for addictive behaviors. And for me, this has been key. I mean, Mm -hmm. I got more addictions than I can count. And building up the mental fortitude, the same things that caused me to stumble, I can use that same mind to create a pathway of of, of having freedom from those addictions. And I've seen that in my own life. And then the last one I want to mention is the improved sleep. And this is something that has been introduced to me this idea of, of sleep and how much sleep to get. Kelly, you introduced me to that Matt, Matthew Walker, correct? Yeah, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that if we get time. Yeah, um, about the benefits of, of a, not only a seven to nine hour sleep per night, but actually not so much the benefits, but more the 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 consequences of, of six hours or less of sleep are significant. And I was made aware through this podcast, Joe Rogan hosted this hosted uh, Matt Walker, who is a professor, I believe, at UC, UC Berkeley. Um, and just, you know, it's kind of shifted my whole, if I, you know, do I get up at 4.30 even if I'm not going to bed until 11, 12 sometimes? I mean, last night with the kids and Netflix, we're not going to bed until midnight last night, and I got up at, actually, I pushed it to 5.30. But there's some significant things to deal with, and we'll maybe on the next part, a future podcast, we'll talk about some of the benefits of, of eight hours of sleep and and some of the consequences of, of sleeping less. Yeah, I mean, that podcast for me, um, life-changing is a big word, but it was huge. And it sucked me in with the first fact, and maybe that's just worth bringing to everyone's mind, right? And the, the thing that grabbed me is the statement that said, and I've since gone on to read Matthew's book, um, and read as much about this particular subject as can, albeit in the, you know, and I've read the book in the last week, actually, so that's how, in, you know, that's how wow. intoxicating it was. But the fact was one person dies every hour from a traffic-related as- accident here in the U.S. where typically lack of sleep is to blame. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we focus on DUI, we focus on all these other things, but one person every single hour in the U.S. is dying in a fatigue-related accident, predominantly due to lack of sleep. 
Yeah, we we live in a culture where, oh, well, certainly when I grew up in the, you know, in the eighties, it was like, you know, greedy's good, Wall Street, get up at the crack of dawn. It wasn't quite the same in England as it was in his film, but you know that whole philosophy of you know, sleep is for wimps, and and you know, I wish I'd have read more about this sooner. So yeah. when we're ready to discuss this, uh, you know, I, I've I've put maybe seven or eight, in fact, nine nine facts that I that I gleaned from the book that I thought were particularly relevant and worth a discussion with you guys. Well, I'll, I'll check out the podcast this week so we can... Yeah, yeah, listen to it. We're going to do uh, hopefully our, our um, core four setting next week mm-hmm. and then maybe the week after we'll get uh, we'll get to this. But it's an interesting topic. There was uh, something you else, you just said, Kelly, that, that made me think of something. But oh, even even in, the, in this core four, right, I've kind of moved my, my wake-up time to 4.30, which was not part of my regular habits. But now it is, and I've, I've gained a lot of that. Those first two hours of the day our mind and to set my intention, to set my day, to do those things that are important to me, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. And I mean, there were some significant things about cardiovascular disease, about cancer fighting cells, I mean, all this kind of stuff that to me is important now, especially as I'm getting long in the tooth here and, you know, trying to, trying to live a healthy lifestyle that that's, you know, as you mentioned, a life changing, <clears throat> it's caused me to think yeah, about me. how I'm setting up my day, how I'm setting up my sleep. Me too. I was forcing myself to get myself up at 5.45, mm-hmm. 6 o'clock. Not as early as you, 4.30, forget it, that's not happening. But I was doing that regardless of when I went to bed. So if that meant I was sleeping for five hours, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm devoted to the cause, call for, I'm doing... Uh, uh. But now I've listened to this, I've realized that I'm actually probably doing myself an awful lot more damage yeah. by not getting those seven to nine hours. Yeah. And and I'm really trying to focus on that now. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, is you, you don't catch this sleep up. And one of the things that really struck me, and I know we're going to talk about it another time, is that when you lose sleep, your body tends to encourage you to actually eat more. So for those people that are trying to lose weight, are trying to struggle by restricting their sleep, they're actually making it biologically more more difficult to lose weight. Yeah. So, yeah, fascinating. Let's... let's uh, you know, why don't we try and put the, together that for the next episode? Yeah, a lot to dig in on that one. What, uh, for sure. One, one thing, one takeaway for this week, for me, it's, um, I mean, we kind of talked about this last, bit last week, but the power of meditation. The gift for me has been uh, a much more uh, awareness of my thoughts, a much more uh, in control of how who I am versus what my thoughts want me to be in terms of losing patience and uh, adding sarcasm. So for me, it, <clears throat> you know, my, my one takeaway for this is to meditate for me at least 10 minutes a day. Okay. Um, what this conversation has really brought or remind me of, which hopefully somebody can take something from this is the power of meditation for me has helped me reframe things that happen in my life that I can look at them for what they are, um, and find the gift in each and every one of them instead of stewing on it, carrying it, um, letting it drag me down, I can, again, look at it, step back and find three or four different positive things from that, that then I can apply to my everyday life and leave the issue or that thing where it is. And it, it is what it is. It was what it was. And we're moving forward from there with these takeaways and, you know, bad stuff is going to happen. I'm going to make mistakes. Things are always going to come up that I didn't expect, but the power of giving myself that gift of that time to, to step back and look at those things for what they are and what they can provide to my life in a positive way is, has been huge for me, huge trans, very big transformational, um, opportunity for me through the power of meditation. Um, 
one thing for me. So the 160 hours in a week, right? What did we do last week? So I took some time with my son who is just finishing up in school. So he's down to only, you know, only a couple of days a week where he actually needs to be there. So we took the decision to jump in the car on Sunday, go up to the mountains and uh, spend some time snowboarding. So it was great. We got to spend time with him and in typical teenager style and a father should know better. We forgot suntan lotion. We got up on the mountain and went, nah, it's relatively cloudy. We'll be fine. And both came back with second degree burns. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, sometimes you still learn lessons, yeah. even though you're close to 50. Yeah. And those lessons are, and it's what my parents told me. It doesn't matter if it's cloudy when you're on the mountain, put the sun green yeah. on. <laughs> good, uh, that's a good takeaway for sure. Well, thank you all for listening. As always, we, we appreciate any feedback. We hope that what you hear encourages you to, to kind of to share your truth uh, in your life with your relationships. You can reach us um, via Instagram. We have uh, the, the Daily War podcast. You can find us there. Each of our individual uh, contact information is in the bio. So please DM us if you, uh, you know, want to share anything, good, bad, ugly. We would love to hear from you. But thanks for listening, as always. Thanks for supporting us um, in this. Fight the good fight. And uh, thanks for listening to the Data War Podcast.